everybody. Welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Lori Stout, VP of Marketing at Par Technology, a company that unifies the customer, operator, and employee experience for restaurants. And Lori is here to talk about using quarterly themes to help organize content development. Lori, welcome to the show. It is wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. So before we dive into this really, really interesting topic, give us the kind of 30-second overview of who you are, your background in marketing, and say a few words about PAR. Uh, well, I fell into marketing kind of by accident. I was a pre-law major, always intended to go to law school. Life happened. I was kind of put into a marketing role temporarily, discovered it was my my true love, and I've been in marketing ever since. So most of my career I've spent in the, the SaaS world and the customer experience world. And that's what really led me to Par Technology is just the their approach to helping restaurateurs really unify the experiences that they're giving not only to their customers, but to their employees and to the operators. So technology doesn't get in the way and it's it's a seamless experience for everybody. That seems like a really interesting space to be in because every time I go to a restaurant these days, and it might just be a function of where I live or the restaurants I go to, I'm always struck by how antiquated the experience can seem, especially at the end when, you know, they bring you the bill and it's the same old thing for that, you know, so you have to sign it and wait, where do I sign and which copy and the tip and all these things. I'm always just like, how is this not totally digital? We think it should be. And that's what we're working toward is, you know, I, I think during the pandemic, diners really got used to the convenience of contactless pickup and contactless payment and just the seamlessness of all of that. They're not going to want that to go away, even though we're coming out of the pandemic. So that's what PAR is doing is offering these technologies that allow you to go have dinner at a restaurant and enjoy the time with your friends and family and not have to think about the technology or the administration of managing that meal. Let's dive into our topic. So we're talking about part of your guys' content production strategy is to have quarterly themes that help you organize what you're doing. And so let's just start right there. So and just to make sure that I understand that, that our audience understands, when I say quarterly themes, what does that actually mean? Before the beginning of each quarter, we get our content team, our demand gen team, basically all of the people who are going to be responsible for creating and promoting the content together. And we look at what's going on in our product organization. We look at what we told the market we were going to be innovating on that year. And we try to create a story or a theme that ties back to what we told the market we were going to do, whether that's creating better integrations, whether it's creating a better customer experience. So we map that to the features and products that will be released that quarter and then kind of tell that story like it's a chapter in a book. So every quarter is a, a chapter telling the market, hey, remember at the beginning of the year, we said we were going to be focused on these big buckets, whether you know those innovation buckets of customer experience, integrations, um, convenience, whatever that might be. And then each quarter, we have the opportunity to create a theme and tie that back to those overarching stories and 
that just kind of keeps the market invested in what we're doing. It adds credibility to what our product organization is putting out. And at the end of the year, you can go back and kind of read it like a book and say, hey, they did exactly what they told us they were going to do at the beginning of the year. A big part of the value of doing this is it gives your content overall over the course of, say, a year, a certain coherence, a kind of a through line. And that benefits both the audience and it benefits your team and that there's kind of a sense of continuity that you're not just jumping from project to project. Am I on the right track there? Absolutely. That's exactly it. And I think you touched on this already, but I want to dig into it a little bit more. So in a given quarter, how do you decide on what the theme should be? Really, it's it's incredibly important to be aligned with your product management team and your engineering teams and to know what they're working on, the timelines for features and releases um, so that you can use that in your storyline. And I mean, we're a tech company, so we're all about what innovation, what technology we're producing. And we want to align those themes very closely with what the product management team is going to be releasing for that quarter. And part of that is because you know, most tech companies now are agile. They don't have you know, scheduled releases. We're going to release this on this day. You're continuously releasing features and product updates. And I think it's easy for that innovation to get lost in the fact that you're continuously pumping out these new features. So if we have these themes and we're telling these stories, that allows us to help the product management team tell their story too and really categorize all of the great innovation that they've done in a quarter. So that even though it's continuous and it's kind of happening behind the scenes from a customer perspective, everybody understands what's been done and why. So I can understand how that works for product marketing. What about the more thought leadership type of stuff, content that's not directly tied to product updates and, you know, new product innovations for, for that kind of content that's more about, you know, industry trends or, or something like that? How does that factor into the theme of the quarter? Well, it all kind of ties together. Uh, the reason being we have our PR and comms team involved, our content marketing team involved, our product marketing team involved. And we really want to make sure that there is always, always a tie back to that innovation. And we pick those innovation themes at the beginning of the year because we've done market research and we anticipate where the market is going and what we need to be talking about to be seen as thought leaders in our industry. We look at content from all different parts of the funnel, thought leadership, brand awareness, middle of funnel and bottom of funnel. And when we are developing those themes, we map that out to each part of the funnel and make sure that we have enough top of funnel content for thought leadership, enough for the middle, and then enough of that technical content to, to pull people all the way through the funnel. So what happens at the end of the year? You've now had four quarters, each with a theme. I think you mentioned up top that it's you described it as kind of like chapters in a book, and that adds up to something that's kind of greater than the sum of its, its parts, we might say. What's the plan for the end of the year? What do you do like with all that content? Well, I'm glad that you asked because we're gearing up to do this now. The restaurant industry especially lends itself very well to doing trends reports and kind of a year in review and making predictions for the following year. We take everything that we created from a content perspective. We look at the different chapters in the book, and then we align that to, to the data that we actually gathered from our platform, from all of the different restaurants that use our platform. And we say, hey, you know, we told you this was going to be important. Here's how the data correlates to that. So that's kind of the closing chapter of the book is going back and saying, here's what we predicted. 
here's how that data actually mapped out. And then we take a peek into the following year and what those innovation themes and predictions will look like. Okay. So you end up with some really, sounds like some really rich content at the end. That's kind of the, the accumulation of all the work you've put in throughout the year. I want to go back for a minute to to sort of the quarterly themes. Do you start at the beginning of the year and kind of plan everything out, Q1 through four, or do you kind of take it quarter by quarter and see, okay, we're heading up to Q2, what's going on? Let's find the best theme. We try not to plan more than two quarters in advance because as anyone who's ever worked for a tech company knows, roadmaps change, priorities change, the market changes. And a lot of what we're working on is directly tied to customer feedback and what our restaurant customers need us to be focused on for that particular quarter. So plan a quarter in advance, kind of have a good idea what we're going to do for the following quarter. But if our customers need us to go in a completely different direction, we have the flexibility to do that. So how well has this approach worked for you guys overall? It's been great. We uh, we were just speaking before the podcast started, and we've had a lot of change in the organization, a lot of acquisition. It's been an exciting time for PAR, but also a time of great change. And we've integrated our marketing teams across those different companies that have been acquired. So this just really gives us a chance to be cohesive, to make every different marketing department feel like they're part of the greater marketing story It keeps us all focused on the messages and the themes that we need to be thinking about for that quarter. And it just, it's really brought a sense of unity to the team and unity to the organization too. And we tell them, here's what you can expect from us. Then we, we write the chapter in that book. And then at the end of the year, we say, Hey, here's what we said we were going to tell you. Here's what we told you. And here's how that impacted the market. Benefits all around. You create richer content. The audience has a better experience with the content. And the team that's creating the content has a greater sense of why they're doing this, how it all makes sense, which I think is so important, especially given how much emphasis there is on content these days. And if you're a content marketer, you are busy, right? And it can probably feel at least some of the time like just a treadmill of like pumping stuff out you know, more and more and more. And I've worked as a copywriter in in large organizations. I know what that can feel like. And it just seems so important that you do like that everyone involved in the process from the leader to the, you know, the copywriter and everything in between that you kind of have a sense of coherence. Like, yeah, this is all part of a, of a larger plan. This thing I'm working on right now has a specific place and there's a reason for that. And we all understand it. That seems very, very useful for team morale. Absolutely. And I think for tech companies, especially, we kind of get in the weeds on topics. And if you've ever been a content creator, you know that it's an art, no matter what you're writing about it. It's an art. It's it's something that's a gift that that not everyone can do. And I like this approach because it, it really gives my content team that freedom to tell a creative story in the midst of some of these very practical and functional technical things that we're describing. It opens up doors for creativity so that they can practice their art form, which they're so good at. And it's incredible to me the stories that they can pull out of these innovation themes and how they do that quarter by quarter. And I mean, it's it also, you know, you're giving people a framework and sort of a context in which to work. And I think a lot of creative people would say, I mean, I guess I'll speak for myself that I'm way more productive and end up producing better stuff when there are pretty clear limits 
to what I'm doing, you know, as opposed to just a completely open ended, just like, let's just be creative and create stuff that can be a little paralyzing because you're not even sure where to begin. But when you at least start with some pretty clear parameters, then within that, it gives you a place to start and then you can begin really experimenting and maybe even eventually push at the parameters a little bit. But you need the you need that structure to really produce good work. And I think that's another way maybe of articulating the benefit of the approach you guys have. And for companies like ours, we have a pretty complex portfolio, lots of different solutions. You can get kind of lost in that decision paralysis. Where do I start? What should I focus on today? How do I tie it all together? And this just makes it a little bit easier to kind of paint by number quarter to quarter and and really connect the, the dots on those themes. Yeah. You need, you need those guidelines. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, Lori, thank you for, for that. Thank you for really a great discussion overall. Sounds like you guys are doing some really cool things. Congratulations on all the success and thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.